0: All right, Walter, why don't we start with our first beer? What do we have here?
1: Hey, everyone. Uh, Walter Brown here. Doing Flights of Fancy, of course. And this is Gravity Road from Forgotten Boardwalk. And it's an Imperial Stout. It's one of my favorites from them. It's it's heavy. I mean, it's 10%. So if you love uh, Guinness, you might want to take the next step to creamy, luscious. Uh, this, uh, this clock's in at a double Guinness.
0: So what would you rate it, Walt?
1: I think I gave this a 425 out of five
0: on untapped. Well, it's definitely creamy. It has a little bit of a bitter uh, back end to it. Uh, but it does go down smooth enough. I like the APV, you know, I like the high APV. But, I mean. i would give this ai give this a, I'd give this a four. A four.
1: Yeah. And so, a nice uh, stout uh, goes well with our story of Iron John. You know, yes. iron and strength and stouts and All right, so let's
0: talk about Iron John. So this is where we're going to discuss uh, the book that we're talking about today, which is Iron John, a book about men by the poet Robert Bly. Um, so before we get too far into that, why don't we talk about, well, uh, when in your life, because we pretty much discovered this book at the same time. I don't know if I turned you onto it or you turned me on to
1: It was it. when it was published.
0: Right. So, uh, so what point in your life did this book hit you at? It, it's
1: 1990. I'm working hard at the Holiday Inn. I'm commuting to college. I really don't know what I want to do. When I read Iron John, I realized, wait a second. I don't want to be the kid that throws up at freshman orientation because I didn't want to leave home, true story, and go to an overnight orientation at Rowan. So I didn't go because I was so nervous. And so when I read this book, I'm like, wait a second here. I need to do I need to leave the kingdom so what did I do I like I went to California uh, went up and down the East coast west coast on a train and then I went over to Europe to study and it was like you know, went from like being so protected at home to now being so much into a hero's journey where lots of crazy things happened to me
0: I think I read it a little bit later than you then, because I know when I read it, um, Steven, my son, was already born. Um, So that was, you know, 91. I was uh, in a relationship with my uh, wife-to-be, which we got married in 95. And I was at a pivotal point in my life where I had just finished college. Uh, My job uh, prospects weren't that great, and I was becoming a father, like right out of the gate. And... It was, it was nerve-wracking for me, and even though I didn't come from a divorced home, and I had a great relationship with my father, I still don't think I understood in my mind what it meant to, one, be a father, to even be a good man. So, I stumbled upon this book, actually with my dad, I remember we were shopping at the Berlin Cultural Center, and uh, there was the book guy out back, and we picked this up, and I instantly fell in love with it, and... At that time, I didn't really understand much about the, actually, I I was an English major, so I did understand the uh, mythopoetic theory that, you know, you can look back at these myths through time and these archetypes through time and they can teach you about yourselves in ways that, that if you take the time to try to tease out that symbolism could be very meaningful to you. Um, And I remember around the same time I discovered this, well, I read Campbell on A uh, Hero of a Thousand Faces, and I don't know if it was in there or in some other reading I did, but they talked about the chicken hawk experiment uh, by this guy, German Honroth, in 1939, had these chickens in a yard, and he created, he noticed that whenever a goose would fly over the farm, the chickens would just ignore it whenever a bird with a shorter neck, a chicken hawk, would fly over the yard, the chickens, even though they were just fresh out of the eggs, would instinctively hide with their mothers. Um, And the theory was, like, there must be some sort of uh, encoding, some sort of thing that happens because they weren't being trained to do this This it's just naturally as soon as they come out of the shell and so they designed a experiment uh, a few years later in 1939 where they created a wooden chicken hawk and they flew that chicken hawk over the yard and sure enough even though they just had like pieces of shell still on their little tails they ran for cover as soon as they saw the chicken hawk instinctively knowing it was bad then they did the same thing and they threw the chicken hawk backwards the wooden chicken hawk backwards over the farmyard you know what the chickens did nothing they didn't didn't do anything because they know they knew chicken hawks couldn't do that couldn't do that they couldn't fly backwards even though they were never taught that and the whole theory is there are certain things that we know instinctually to be true and these fairy tales this mythopoetic approach looks at that and says, Okay, you look at this, this fairy tale, these archetypes, they're gonna ring true for you today as they would for your ancestors hundreds of years ago.
1: Right. I, I grew up really without a religion. You know, I was baptized Catholic, you know, my pores were too dense so the holy water didn't take. Ha <laughs> funny. I say that joke all the time. It doesn't get any funnier. No. Um and my I was raised Presbyterian for like a summer. And <laughs> now
0: that's funny. That's funny. Right. <laughs> that's a good line. Um,
1: that's a good line. Thank you. Um, but I just, I was like, you know, it's like I, I reread recently uh, Carl Jung's *Modern Man of, of a Search of a Soul*, and I have all these notes in there because in graduate school, that's what that's. I was studying archetypal criticism and comparative religion, uh, comparative literature, and it just, I just loved it. And how could stories like a flood story or uh, the cross or a virgin birth story be similar? Different names, right? Maybe some subtle differences, but how could be be the same in cultures that never met one another? Uh, Campbell was like, well, there's either two ways. They either had contact at some point, which they didn't, or what Carl Jung says was there, we're born with this collective unconscious, that we're born with this coding in us. And for someone who didn't have a religion, and tended to be more like rational-minded and reasonable, which, does this doesn't make any sense when I say this, but, you know, because of my history, but, you know, I, it's like a doubting Thomas. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. But then I realized it's all symbolism. So, we're Millions and millions of people have died over symbols So when I'm at church with my wife and daughters and I see Jesus up there who I think is a great person to listen to great great stories Um, But I see him as a portal right I see him as a doorway like Narnia uh, like a wardrobe like a rabbit hole that can bring me into bliss or even to the sublime but He says that uh, religion often gets in the way of religious experience. We get caught up with dogma. We get caught up in the minutia of man's interpretation of prophets, but they forget that it's all symbol. And but it's how you interpret it, right? It's like it's like a story. You dream a story, and you're you're like the author of the story, but not really the author of the story. then how do you? I just I just I started eating up this stuff after I read Iron John. Uh, And Dan and I would oftentimes, you know, I would go to his work and I would bug Dan constantly (laughs) about my social problems. Um, But he would have, like, great advice that, it's like the good advice you just can't take, Alanis Morissette. Um, And he would, I remember, Dan, one of the best gifts I ever got was this, like, book of quotes. Half of them were from Dan. Half of them for, like, like, Campbell and, like, Lazul, or whoever, and if you had a question, you would raise the book to your head, ask the question, and then open it, and it would give you the answer. I always loved that. I still have it, and I have my students do that, um, and they just think, wow, that's but it's all interpretive, right? It's like, that's why I love fairy tales, because there's no author right, right. there. There's no author yeah, that, that's, gets, that's, that gets in the way.
0: Yeah, that came from Robert uh, Bach's uh, Messiah Handbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which we probably should do that sometime as well, but let's get back to Iron Iron John okay. so let's talk a minute about uh, Robert Bly, give some credit there so Robert Vly was a, a poet um Pretty big poet in the late '60s. Uh, I think he won like the Man Award for American Poetry or or something on like nature around 1968, um, and then really found his popularity uh, in the '90s or mm-hmm. uh, late '80s, early '90s, uh, leading these men experience groups. And it sounds as as hippyish and corny as 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 it actually was. You know, there'd be. <coughs> you know you would draw trees, you would bang on drums you would you would wrestle with men naked in the dust and all this For other reason, stuff no, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it was it was more of trying to recreate this uh, initiation process that the mythopoetic uh movement felt was important and was missing from modern society yes. the theory being that <clears throat> excuse me as we As we progress through the industrial age into the corporate age, you know where we no longer see our fathers working in the fields or working in the mines, and they go off and work in office buildings, and we have no idea what their jobs are. And then they come home, and and we see them for an hour, and so we're pretty much raised by our our mothers. mothers. Or in your case, you know where you have our school systems, right? D.H. Lawrence
1: said he was. I was raised by a school system by women who. You know, this is not to knock women, but men and women learn a little differently, according to all the research. And I'm I'm a teacher, so. uh, But it's the idea that, you know, it's like sitting docile, sitting for six, seven hours drives anyone crazy.
0: Right. So, so the whole theory is, you know, get more in touch with your your manly side through these initiation processes. Mm -hmm. And to illustrate that, he came up with Iron John. And Iron John is really a fairy tale, very, very old fairy tale. Uh, some call it Iron Hans in some instances, and in, I think in like the right. Hans Christian and, Andersen and tradition. It,
1: and, you know, it, was, uh, it was Grimm, and it came out Grimm. in 1826. Right. So it was codified in 1826 by the Grimm brothers. They just went around Germany, Bavaria, collecting fairy tales that are thousands and thousands of years old. So it's almost like it's like Yahweh, it's like, it's like God, or it's like whoever Shakespeare was or whoever Homer was, they're just, they just appeared. And so there's no author who can explicate and like get in the way of these stories. It just like appears out of nowhere like right. cliff-dwelling uh, drawings.
0: So Robert Bly, the poet, uh, recently died. Died this year. I'm not quite sure of the exact date. Well, i a month
1: ago in, in December,
0: November, somewhere around around there there. we were talking about it, maybe October, but it was was this winter or fall and Walt and I often talk about Iron John bringing it up every now and then, and I said I always wanted to get back to it, and now that that he's passed away, it's time to get back and try to decide whether or not this approach and this story in particular and Bly's approach to this story actually holds up in today's world, I can tell you right now Throughout these flights, you and I are going to disagree a lot. Really? Yes. Revisiting Actually, this, I'm coming from a totally different view. Really? Yes, but we will talk about that. Okay. All right? So, try to save some of that for later. I will. Right now, we're going to move into our second flight. So, we're, we're going to pause whoa, right whoa, here. Oh, I
1: got it. I got we're it. We're going to pause right
0: here so you can pour the next flight. Okay,
1: let me just take a nice, hopefully you can get a...
0: Mm. All right, we'll be right back.